I mean, Stephen. Yes, Trevor. It wouldn't be a two blokes podcast with video without me stressing and over overproducing and uh, coming up with an issue. But it's a lot of work. I called one through on eight seven three. <laughs> Stephen every, Fennick every just right. came to the rescue, and Bob's your uncle. <laughs> anyway, I just because this is the only problem with doing because you're in lockdown because you're not allowed to travel outside of your highly infectious LGA. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, story. You can't tell that I have hit record. This is the podcast. This is the pre-show. All right, mate. So, so just it's like the good old days where you used to <laughs> record without telling me. Just That's a great. little little cheeky press record, and and now you know that I've done it because I've disclosed. Normally, I didn't disclose, so um, that's yep. the way it is. And and are you okay in lockdown, mate? How much golf have you been playing without me? Still play, still play a couple of times a week without you. A couple so. of times a week <laughs> with your best mate Paul. <laughs> Uh, well, my, my mate Paul, who lives, uh, I think he lives in Coogee, but so he's out of. You think rain, this is how much coast. of a mate he is? You don't uh, even know where he lives. No, no, I know he lives in Coogee. Tell, tell me he lives in Coogee, and um, I we were told to remove our names from the list if we're, if you're outside the LJ, outside the five K. So I uh, hopped down to Botany to play at Botany Royal Botany down there, the, which is within my LGA. Yeah. And the guy at the desk actually had a map with a circle drawn around the, the, the course and he checked my license to make sure that I was uh, in, in the LGA and eligible to play. And I thought, yep, you know, I had a game by myself, played, um, it was really quiet. So what I did, I, I played uh, two balls. I teed two balls off every hole and just, it's like I had a two ball by myself. You know what's... So... <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that? A two ball on my own. What's wrong with that? You, you could even, if you had even more time, I could have had a four ball by myself. But <laughs> I didn't. I played two. And, so, and uh, just to let you know, mate, yeah. I chipped in. I hold from 50 metres out yeah. on the ninth. I wasn't there. And I have witnesses. Yeah. I have witnesses. Lies. My son, one of my son's mates, just happened to be going up the ninth, the first as I was going down the ninth. And he saw the shot and said, did that go in? I said, I think it did. So it hit the, hit the flag and just dropped. So I thought, Hang on, hang on. He said, did it go in? And you said you think it did. Did he actually go and check the ball went in? I went to check it and it was in the hole. So I don't know about that. And I had a second witness who was chipping balls behind the ninth, another bloke who I knew. He said, yeah, I heard it. I heard something hit the flag and then boom. Yeah, I went up and there you go. Little balls in the hole. Craig Boise just commented, you've had a couple of good strokes. <laughs> now, yeah, can I just say, <clears throat> I am, I'm a little bit weirded out because I feel like that was massive deja vu for me because you told me that story two hours ago, which is not uncommon for you, let's be honest, but everyone else is going to hear that story on Monday night because we told that story yeah. in the private. Oh, did I tell? All oh, right. So, you well, know the it's worst. Worth, it's worth telling twice. But the worst part is I'm completely out of whack today because we would normally do the two blokes talking tech and yep. then the private feed. But earlier today, we recorded the next episode of um, the best movies you've never seen. Then we recorded the Black private episode of that too. And now we're now we're doing this live, so I'm a little bit. Yeah, we're, we're a little bit out of whack. We're doing things out of order today. So, and it's a good opportunity to remind people on the podcast that we what we did last week was we gave you the episode of The Godfather, the best movies you've never seen. We put that in this stream. So. 90% yep. of people actually listen to that. Thank you. Awesome. But what you need to do now is you need to go into your podcast app, podcast, yeah. Spotify, Pocket Cast, and search for yep. and subscribe to the best movies you've never seen because we're not going to put every episode in this stream. Yeah. That was just like a free introductory <laughs> offer. Is that right, Trev? For the rest, the podcast? The rest so, of them are free. 
Yes. Thanks was, to it, Fetch. It, it was an introductory offer to just hear the two blokes uh, in a totally – talking about totally something totally different. I like think maybe, maybe in a few weeks we might pick another episode and we'll put yeah. that in the stream as well. Why not? Yeah. But get, go subscribe. Give us a five-star review. We got to number one in week one, which is not, not a bad batting average. So hopefully we could have the number one show in two categories, mate. Maybe the 500th might get us to – to number one in tech, and the new next episode of the movies might get us to number one in TV and film. Would that be unprecedented? That, I don't think that would be done. that would be out of this world. And I think the way we can do that is for people that are watching us because we're we're recording this live on Facebook. Um, for people that are watching us live on Facebook, if you're not a subscriber to the podcast, look, even if you don't want to listen, even if yeah. you don't want to listen, go and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app because the subscriptions are the biggest metric in the charts. Which is frankly why we got to number one last week. Brand new podcast, right? Um, yep. But look, that'd be lovely if you just you know click subscribe, and then we might go up the charts in both of them. Um, before Stop we do talking. the real, real show, Stephen, do you, do you want to check? There's nothing massive in the comments in your stream on Tech Guide because I've got one very important one. Which I think I need to read out. It's from Harry. It says we love <laughs> you, Daddy. I appreciate that, buddy. That means oh, that's a lot. Lovely. Yep, that's important. Oh, yeah. I had a comment. Uh, Why is he not in bed? Saying, watch out! Watch out! That for that Vincent bloke behind you. I've got the net, the Netgear mural behind me with the Van Gogh collection behind me. <laughs> so he'll come and chop your bloody ear off. Watch out for Vincent. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Andrew. It's good product placement. I've got the mural uh, with a with a Game Boy showing. It'll probably change during the show. Go. And just one other thing. Um, someone just said sick effect behind me. So that's the Samsung. The TV ambient. What's this is year's called Q ninety A. Yeah, QQ98, the Neo QLED. Um, so that's the ambient mode. I've never used that effect before, but I really like that. It's gold yeah. discs. Looks and for those sick. wondering, I've got the um, elements, the NanoLeaf elements uh, here and the NanoLeaf panels over here, over my right shoulder. So, uh, And if you're wondering, that's <laughs> these are Arlo cameras and Netgear Warby <laughs> devices, thanks to our good friends at um, Arlo and yep. Netgear. <laughs> that's it. They've been great supporters. We should mention Netgear have been on board since episode one. Yep. Haven't they? So five it's a solid effort, 500 episodes. Absolutely right. And Arlo have been fantastic supporters as well, been with us the last couple of years. Uh, they're terrific just, supporters. Just on that, because it sounds like they came in, Arlo was a part of Netgear. Correct. And when they separated out and became their own stock market listed company, the team at Arlo said, well, we need to be involved as well. So they've yeah. pretty much been with us since they were – uh, I can remember interviewing Patrick Lowe about when they acquired the company ViewZone or whatever it was before they created Arlo. So uh, uh, we're not going to yeah. dwell on the 500th within this show, but it's you're, you're right, mate. It's a it's a nice milestone. It, it's not. It's a milestone. We both receive cakes and cookies. It's not a good <laughs> milestone for the waistline. Whenever you hit the, the milestone, there's all these sweet treats arrive. And uh, look, we're in lockdown. What else are we going to do? We're going to eat. We're just going to have them, aren't we, Trev? We're That's, just going to. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, whether yeah. I take that. Um, brownie that Simon made me home because it's gluten free for the kids. It's gluten free yeah, right. for the kids, so he's not going to drop off one for me. But obviously, he can't leave his LGA. Is that oh, what he's saying? I would absolutely bring half of it to you, Stephen. But of course, under under New South Wales, taking the health advice, um, yes. I'm not allowed to. I'll wear a mask, but that's okay, mate. I'm not <laughs> more than five kilometres from, and you know, because you live in the country, so I can't come up with you. You Mate, live so far my, away. My passport's actually about to expire. You better check yours. You won't be able to come here when lockdown ends. Excuse me. I renewed my passport last year. Not a lot of good it did me, though. Can't yeah, go anywhere. Exactly. So I've got a fresh, brand-new passport ready to be used, uh, ready to go once we get back up in the air again. All right, let's do this. 
Welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Not a bad price. With Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Really handy device. And Stephen Fennec from techguide.com.au. Episode 500 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Trevor Long, Stephen Fennec. You can find all of Stephen's work at techguide.com.au and mine at EFTM.com. And we do the show, as we mentioned, thanks to the great people at Netgear and Arlo for all your networking solutions. Netgear's got you covered for your home security Arlo's got you covered. We'll tell you more about them as the show rolls on. You know, um, last week we talked, Stephen, about Paramount Plus. And I've been talking about this on the radio this week. You know, another streaming service, more shows. And I started describing, and this is on Tuesday, I'm doing all my radio, talking about streaming fatigue. And I'm going, this is it's crazy, streaming fatigue. I'm, oh, there's too many services. Not that it's bad, just that it's too yeah. many. And like, up. Yeah. you could be spending... Yeah literally a hundred bucks and you haven't even subscribed to them all yeah but i heard another term as well i heard another term streaming fomo oh. fear of missing out as well so there's there's the one side where yes we're sport for choice and then there's the other side thinking well I, i've got to subscribe to that one as well so i can i don't want to miss out on all the new content so, so it's uh so it's here we are ba- talking about a new streaming service and the the plethora of them and optus announced on Wednesday morning via their uh, head of world innovation, I'm going to call him, Clive Dickens, um, Optus Subhub. Now, to be clear, straight up, it's for Optus customers. So if you're not an Optus customer, you can't get into it yet. Maybe they'll open it up because it is an innovative platform. And the idea here is you log in, you register as an Optus customer, and you link your streaming services. And it's, it's about managing those subscriptions. So in one platform, in one dashboard... You can go, I want to add Netflix, or I want to add this one, or I want to turn that one off. And it's, mate, it's, it's more yeah. than just, okay, here's some solutions. But down the track, they'll be able to, because you're an Optus customer and you're using Optus Broadband, they'll know you haven't watched Netflix for two months. Did you want to maybe switch to Disney Plus or whatever it might be? It's like it's a mind-blowingly brilliant idea. It is, and I think it's like from, from Optus's perspective, it's just this convenient feature for customers to be able to manage not only the sheer number of services they've got, but also to all the billing. Apparently, what how it works is that Optus then takes over the billing. It comes out of your Optus bill. So rather than you paying Netflix on the 4th and Stan on the 7th and all these services, it's all streamlined into one. And so with that, it, it's almost like a, like a co-op system where the, the, the more you bundle into the service, I think it's one, two or two or more, you get 5%, yes. three or more, you get 10% discount. So that's, that's effectively that incentive to bundle the services could result in you having a service that with the discount you might be getting for free at the end of the day, because like what's, what's Paramount plus is eight ninety nine. So that could be a service because you've decided to bundle, you might be getting that on the house. So it's a smart move. And like any other telco, you know, Telstra, they all want you to bundle your services. They yeah. want to keep you in the, under their umbrella. And this is a smart way they've done this too. And the, the, the amount of streaming services that are already available and what's coming is, is impressive. Early, uh, straight away, they're not going to have Netflix straight away. That's coming soon. But they've got yep. Prime. Yeah, I think they've got, who else they got? got like um, a Kindle. Kindle. They've got Kindle Reading. And they've got Inkle, yeah, which is a new it, subscription service. Yeah. So it's a soft launch to start with because until you get Netflix and all these other big players, that's, I think, when the rubber's going to hit but the road. It's gonna be a they lot of say, and I spoke to Clive Dickens on the EFTM podcast, which will be out next week because I did it after the, the this week's show. 
But they, he, I went, is Netflix a maybe? He goes, no, no, it's like literally very, very close. We just wanted to announce and that's the thing. So they're going to have Netflix, Paramount Plus, Fetch TV, BritBox, um, a whole bunch of others, right? It, the fact that Netflix is involved is, to me, a real, I guess, stamp of approval for the idea because you could imagine Netflix going, well, hang on a minute, we're the biggest there is. Like, why do we need yeah. to be in that? But they've yeah. gone, we're so... We're so confident that people won't be turning off Netflix that we're happy to be there. That's basically what they've said. Well, I think Netflix, without Netflix, this thing falls apart. You, ne- you needed that big, big player. The tent pole is, is what Netflix is in this instance. So having them on board and, and, and Paramount Plus later, BritBox, it's an impressive lineup of, of services that uh, will give people the ability to sort of see in one place how much they're spending, what services they've got. Uh, I think it's clever. I have seen other similar services to manage all, like your utility, like put your electricity bill, your gas bill, all your bills in one place. Mm. Have you seen those? Yeah. Apps? You can have that. And, that, and again, that, that if you decide to bundle those, you get a discount. So in this instance, sort of the amount of content we're streaming, and this applies to music services as well, so not just just streaming video content. Yeah. There's also music and uh, all these other services as well. Calm, I think, is like a meditation yep. uh, app as well. There's, there's sports there as well. So, yeah, so a mixture. The, the yeah. thing is, like, you think about um, the idea is actually, like, it's a unicorn-style idea because this is a global problem. Multiple streaming services is an absolutely global problem. And I don't think a lot of families are actually sitting down going, how much are we spending every month? Like, yeah. if we look at the fact that we've got Optus, sorry, we've got Disney Plus, Stan, Netflix, um, Amazon. Yep. Just you those. About, are you talking about you? Or yeah, every, just those alone. What's that, okay. like 50 bucks? You know, yeah, we've got those two. We've got, we've got like, what, 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 I'm going to do a stock take right now. I've got Netflix, Stan, BritBox, Disney Plus. What else? Amazon Prime. What else is there? I want Joe to storm up and tell us which one she's going to cancel. Um, well, yeah, I, uh, I have. We've got all those, and 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 you have too. I just reckon there's there's doing very well. Optus reckons there's fifty different subscription services available in Australia, thirty of which are TV style streaming. So, think about the ones that are very niche: BritBox, Hey You. Yep. There, there's there's actually. Lots, lots and lots and lots. And so if they all come on board, they get the advantage of being visible in a platform uh, among willing customers, customers who are willing to part with cash for streaming. And the other part... Yeah. Yeah. What Optus brings to the table is like they're... they're, To to these services, it's attractive to these services because they're they're sort of showcasing these the possibilities to their millions of customers in yeah. Australia. So they're saying that, okay, Optus, Optus's pitch to Netflix would have been, look, we've got, we've got 8 million different subscribers and we, we want you to, we want you to, off, we're going to offer you those to all of your customers. Here's an opportunity for you. That, because, that, that's how they sold it, I reckon. Because I think sometimes we get caught in the bubble, the bubble that is streaming's massive and it's the kind of only way to go now. But actually... Let's say, let's say Netflix has 5 million Aussie subscribers, which would be remarkable and could well be the truth, but we don't know because they don't release numbers. Yeah. Firstly, that's more than Foxtel's ever had. Yeah. Secondly, that means there's 6 million other homes that don't have it, right? So that's the opportunity. That's the opportunity for yeah. Netflix is to be in those homes. And the people that don't have it are probably the ones that think it's either too hard or don't want to go through the drama. So if they can just go, yes, tick, on my Optus yeah. bill. As and easy as that, yeah. Potentially well, actually hook it up just, to their TV quickly. 
however you can reduce the friction between joining joining a service like that, that, that would have been in Optus's pitch for sure. Mm. But you mentioned Foxtel before. That's possibly going to join this as well, did you? So the, the Foxtel could be added to this as a service you include as well. So like Foxtel Now, I don't know whether it's, I don't know whether it's the regular Foxtel service. KO, Binge. Or now could be. So, yeah, KO, the, there's all these possibilities. And if, if you can get a discount for all of those, so oh, that's attractive as well. If you get – I don't know whether it will go beyond a 10% discount, but if it, if it does, imagine if it goes up to 15 20% discount, there will be people wanting to join this to not only manage their services but, but effectively get a couple for free every month with the discount. So here's the only thing I'm really keen to know. And uh, this, we won't know this for a couple of months until they actually have, I guess, let's yeah. say, let's say Netflix. They tell you when it's going to start. Well, it starts this? now. It's available now with Prime, Prime Video, yeah. Amazon Music, Prime Gaming, whatever the heck that is, Kindle Unlimited, Calm, Inkle, and Optus Sport. That's now coming very soon. Fetch, Fit, whatever that is. Um, yeah, Netflix, right. uh, yeah, right. QIY, IQIYE, anyway, whatever that is, and Britbox. So. <laughs> What I want to know is, and maybe you're the only person that can test this soon, is when Netflix is on there, you've got Amazon yep. Prime, you've got Netflix. I want to know how easy it is to turn one off. Because if it is as easy as you're in a dashboard and you go, gone, that's yeah. that's out there. That's crazy You'd good. That. You'd expect that because they did say they they get to take over the billing. So they're, they're really sort of – it's the it's a sort of onboarding process now – it would be onboarding, but also offloading. I'd imagine at the same time, if you did want to cancel a service, I just, I just think that would, maybe Netflix wouldn't sign up to something. Because have you ever unsubscribed from any of them? It's bloody no. hard. It's hard. They make you go through. They they want like it's like a oh you want to leave us. It's like when you ring Foxtel and try and quit. Oh no no no, we'll give you a good deal. So what they do is they want to they want to know why, how, what. They tell you that it's not in contract. They they basically make you jump through a few hoops. It's not the world's ending thing. I did quit Netflix one time. Do you remember my issue with Netflix I was having? I was uh, US dollars. US, uh, the US account. And so I said, how am I going to get the, uh, Like we brought it up in a show and I said, oh, I'm, I'm paying like $28 a month. Said, you said, what the hell service are you on? <laughs> and then I looked through the bill. It was charging me in US dollars. So I had to quit quit the that version that I had wait till a certain date and then sign up again. And I said, well, what about all my, all the stuff of all my favorites and all that? Yeah, no, no, you'll still keep that. You'll just be billed from the Australian Netflix. So I thought, okay. And for but me, that's we, that, mate, that's the critical thing here is that people need to know that when you have Netflix or Stan or Amazon and you say, I'm done, and you kind of cancel or deactivate, I think is the word, you deactivate your accounts, it doesn't delete everything. Because that's oh. what people are worried about. They're worried that when they come back, they won't get all those great recommendations. Oh, they're, they're keeping your account, folks. It's like deleting oh. Facebook. It ain't disappearing. You've got to be like 60 <laughs> yeah. days before you can in, even delete yeah. your data from Facebook. Yeah. Now, I think uh, this is interesting. I'm an Optus customer, so is that why you you said I'll be trying this before you? Like I'm an Optus customer through my NBN yep. plan, yep. so that qualify me. So, do you have to be a, or NBN or like a broadband customer for Optus, or can you no, just be you, like a phone? You just need. So I tried to log in because um, I did have an Optus account, but it said because you have no active service, so uh, it doesn't matter whether it's a mobile or anything. It's just got to be an active service. Okay, I'll give it a crack. I'll, I'll get an active service. It's yeah. very active, my probably service. Not, <laughs> probably not prepaid would be the only answer because obviously prepaid, they won't be able to add it to billing and stuff like oh, that. No, I've got, I'm postpaid with my, my well, NBN plan. I'm, so. I'm saying people who can't get it would be Optus customers ah. with prepaid. But anyway, 
The details of uh, Optus Subhub. Not a bad name, to be honest. Not a bad name. Hub. Subhub. Yeah. The, the details of the Subhub are available at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, last week we were talking about all the announcements from Samsung. We'd just heard about the new foldable phones, the new Galaxy Watches, the the Galaxy Buds, and they're not out till September 10, but uh, there has been some other news regarding the Galaxy Watch 4 series and some older Galaxy Watches too, for that matter, with a software update, is the fact that they're, also, they're going to be offering blood pressure tracking and ECG monitoring, which has already been approved by the Australian Therapeutic Goods Administration. So it's this is a the, the product isn't even out yet, and the Galaxy Watch Three apparently had the capability of being an ECG device, but mm. hadn't had its approval yet. Uh, meanwhile, Apple rolled out ECG functionality earlier this year, but this is exciting news. I think well, the blood pressure tracking for a start, people have been asking me, and I'm, as I'm sure they've been asking you, how the hell does a watch take your blood pressure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll explain how it works in a second. But this is, I think, uh, just brings the wearable category to a whole new level in terms yeah. of uh, its its importance in our life, in terms of health and well-being. Well, and think, think about our- that evolution of the last couple of years, right? And it's it's really it's a contest. These guys are they they want to be the best, and Apple wants to be known as the the Apple Watch being this huge fitness and and their well-being device. That's what they that's what they're all on about. Withings was first in Australia to have ECG approval. Apple came next, and Samsung was kind of left, hang on, what's going on? Because they had it overseas, but they they didn't have it here. So they got the TGA approval actually a month ago for ECG, and you're right, that'll be on multiple watches. But this blood pressure thing, man, that took me by surprise. I mean, you think about when you get your blood pressure done at the doctor, it's that little cuff that goes on. It it pumps up, it squeezes the heck out of you, and it gives you the, you know, 180 over 90 or whatever the heck it is. (laughs) <laughs> Reading. I don't know anything about it. Mine's so bad. My understanding is that the this new feature with the Galaxy Watch still requires you to calibrate the watch after you've had a traditional cuff reading. So you calibrate it from that reading, and the information that's gained from that calibration allows the watch to still monitor the or track the blood pressure throughout 28 days. So if you do need to keep monitoring, you need to recalibrate with a traditional cuff measurement, and then you're still able to track your blood pressure throughout the month. And people might say, oh, what a hassle that's going to be. But can you imagine if you're someone who does suffer from high blood pressure, you do need to watch watch yourself. And if anyone – I don't suffer from high blood pressure, thank God, but I do – People that do suffer from high blood pressure have to watch what they eat. They have to take medication. So being able to know where you're at with that, I think, is really important because that they can they can alter their lifestyle if they have to. So uh, having um, the, that feature, I think we should address the fact that I've had questions about this as well. Is Apple going to have the same feature? Yeah. The rumor suggests that they're going to also have that with the ne- the next Apple Watch that will probably be announced in what, the next month. So it's going to be a case of Samsung and Apple sort of head-to-head here with their health and well-being features. Yeah, I think that um, the calibration thing was took me by surprise. I thought first, wow, this is amazing. But the fact that – so it essentially took it down a peg for me. You don't just put the watch on and go, you know, 180 over 90 or whatever the heck it is. Um, you have to have the real machine. You have to go to the doctor, get a reading, 
and then run the test on your watch and put the information into your phone. And then every month you have to do that. It has to be recalibrated monthly. Every 28 days, yeah, you've got to do it and regularly. I mean, look, is that a bad thing? No, because you think about people that need this kind of monitoring, of course, that's, like, that's, a, that's a very, very important thing to be able to monitor on a daily basis, like regular tests across the month, and you can share those with your medical professional. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be complaining about it, are they? Not at all. And do you agree, Apple... I think it's like 95% certain they're going to have a similar feature. I can't, I can't see Samsung. No. So I'll tell you why I don't think that's the case. It was months ago when the rumours started about this. So like really? I, I think I think there was talk about this like six months ago for the next Apple Watch. So yeah. I reckon they'll be working away, possibly even fast-tracking the feature because if if they've now seen that, that Samsung has pulled the trigger – I reckon maybe Apple might be thinking, well, we, we've got to we've got to put this in the next version as well, or it, it might come as a software update maybe down. They might announce it on the day of that we see the new Apple Watch, yep. and it'll be like a software update, just like if you got is it the Galaxy Watch Three and the Galaxy Watch Active Two, it, they'll be available with this feature just with a software update. So, so here's here's my here's my thought on why Apple might not do it. I'm not going to say won't because I'm normally wrong. <laughs> um, um, it's not medically certified. So the the TGA hasn't had to approve. I actually thought at first that it did. I had to correct my story. But the TGA didn't have to approve blood pressure monitoring. Okay? No, that's so, what, that's what I too. so they only had to approve ECG, is that yes. right? Yes. So this is not a medical device. It's a you know, yes. monitoring tool. I don't know how you differentiate that. And I feel like Apple kind of would want that next level. Uh, <laughs> that's the only difference for me. Maybe, but or that, that, I think that's the reason why Apple will have definitely have this, I reckon, because they've probably got it in their back pocket anyway. They've already got ECG approval. So I think we're going to see – it's going to be a big year for smartwatches. They've really gone – like I said, they've gone to the next level with the, the functionality and rumour is that the watch, Apple Watch is going to have a slight redesign. It's going to have that same sort of boxy, sort of flat-edged look of the, of the iPhone. Oh, 12. really? Yeah, that's what I've, I've seen. Rent. Someone sent me some renders randomly. I'm thinking, yeah, it's. it's I have seen rumours uh, around that the watch is going to have a similar look and feel, some similar design language to the iPhone 12. You know, with the flat edges. You wouldn't yeah. like that. I don't. No, I don't think that'd go down well at all. I mean, maybe I'll have to look at the renders, but I, I just think that. I mean, you're right. The problem is it's starting to look old. It's starting to look aged because it's the exact same look, other than the size and the screen within the within the body it is yeah. the exact same look it's time but 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 so is the samsung galaxy watch looks exactly the same as it did you know three generations yeah, ago classic does the galaxy watch 4 is slightly slightly different it being Only sort of slightly had, yeah it looks more like the watch active doesn't it with sort of that minimal sort yeah. of minimal look and feel yeah the uh the the new os as well on board is not too bad yeah oh. Uh, yeah, I think Samsung, it's full court press here for Samsung, isn't it? Where they're, they're really pushing with the wearables again. Uh, the folding phones are, are, have been announced and, and people, from what I'm hearing, the pre-sales are going very, very well, as well as the pre-orders for the, the smartwatches too. The whole, that Galaxy ecosystem is gaining momentum, I think. Samsung, they're doing very well. <laughs> no? I mean... You know, it seems that way. Anyway, details of the the new watch, uh, the new features at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. Two Blokes 
Talking Tech is proudly brought to you by our good friends at Arlo. Arlo with their wire-free video doorbell and Father's Day is coming up. So ideal choice for a gift uh, that your dad will actually want. The Arlo video doorbell has a camera with a one-to-one aspect ratio. Trevor's holding it up here. The one-to-one aspect ratio helps you see the person at your door from head to toe. Some, some other doorbells have a 16 by 9 aspect ratio, so it's like a widescreen, uh, meaning you can only really see a rectangle and you're only seeing them from the waist up. You're not seeing more. Arlo has the advantage of showing more of what's directly above and below the doorbell. Uh, so you can see more of what matters. Uh, that You can see when a parcel is delivered, like Trevor gets a parcel delivered all the time. You can see he's doing very well. He's spending a lot of money. He gets a parcel delivered. Nearly twice a day, he gets two deliveries a day. I, I thought I was the, I was pretty bad, but Trev, Trev's just gone over the top. His Arlo battery has to be recharged every week because he has so many deliveries. <laughs> can, uh, so you can easily check for those parcels as well. Uh, Arlo has recently repositioned the price of the video doorbell as well. It's now under three hundred bucks. It's two hundred and ninety nine dollars as well. So that's uh, enticing. If you haven't already got one, uh, I had a. a parcel delivery uh, delivery guy dropped off parcel i was out i got the notification i was i was away and i was told uh, i was i was able to talk to him at the door but i did get the notification anyways thanks to the doorbell that uh i had received the package and because of that one-to-one aspect ratio i could actually see it on the doorstep too well, which was- i had a i had the doorbell ring this afternoon after we recorded the, the other shows and uh, you probably just see it on the live stream but i got a, a big gluten-free brownie delivered from uh, my mate simon Thank you, mate. Made that for the 500th. And the funny thing was, um, the doorbell rang. I kind of went, yeah, I'll answer it. Switched into video mode straight away. And then Amanda came to the door. So I could hear the conversation. And so basically, I overheard um, uh, Simon's wife, Claire, talking to Amanda. And then I chimed in via the two-way talk. So I could actually be part of the conversation as well. So take that, people knocking on my door. It's that easy. And if you want to find out more, remember Father's Day is coming up. Uh, if you want to find out more, Arlo.com. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. Thank you for listening. Episode 500 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about misinformation on the interwebs. God, it's good. Jeez, um, that's, that's unusual. In- in- misinformation on the internet. <laughs> And and it turns out Twitter is now testing a new feature to report misinformation, and it's live now in Australia. So this is obviously targeted at uh, the COVID-19 misinformation, which is the the biggest problem. Um, The problem is when you report a tweet, it's kind of like, oh, what is it, spam or is it, uh, you know, harassment? There wasn't really an an option to say it's misleading. And so they've now added this, this ability for you to say report tweet and it's misleading. And so essentially it's going to go through that process of, of vetting and verification, which you know, it's not going to be uh, an instant thing, yeah. but if enough people click that button, you know, we might actually slightly reduce the the problem here. And I think that the the message here for people is this exists on platforms. Facebook has it, Twitter now has it, Instagram, I believe, has some report mechanism. You've got to use it. Yeah. Can I just tell you? Um, good luck, Twitter, with this. It's going to be <laughs> uh, pretty tough to manage this, but. Facebook, you mentioned Facebook does have this. And I'll tell you from firsthand experience, Facebook's reporting is rubbish. I had someone imitating Tech Guide. Someone took my logo, my photo, everything, and set up a fake Tech Guide site with my photo, right? So it's all my IP, my picture, trying to set up like this VIP competition. 
You know how many times I reported that through Facebook? All the different things is it's you know, he's you know fake, fake imitating me. You know all all the boxes I ticked every time I got back, it doesn't appear to be going against our guidelines. Yeah, and I think that's that's that is that's a challenge. Yeah. But yeah. let's be honest, misinformation about COVID is a much bigger problem yeah. for society. And you look at the you know I see so many videos, uh, anti-vaxxer style videos. And there is some really good people, especially actually on TikTok, that pull up, pull them apart and they actually say, hang on a minute, you've done this and you've taken that out of context and whatnot, which is awesome, but they're never going to get traction outside of there. I, I spoke to Facebook earlier in the week about this and kind of went, you know, like, what are you doing? And, and they actually told me they were, they were giving millions of dollars to the governments of Australia to promote um, the, the, the correct information. Um, they've got their COVID uh, safety centres that exist. But I think the problem is... They're, they're just looking at it now as just a COVID thing. I'll give you an example, the, the current rules. Like you think about, forget anti-vax, just go it's really simple in Sydney. The current COVID rules are complex. It's really hard for some people to understand why one suburb is this way and one suburb is that way. Yet in a community group, it can just go viral. The conversation can be complete misinformation, but it's very hard to elevate the correct information to the top. And I just think there needs to be something done about that. I think these platforms need to actually really push harder on not just the ability to pull down content, but push up the content that yeah. is is real. You'd have to agree, though, of all the platforms, Twitter would be the narkiest oh. platform of all of them, right? So... How is Carol? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's good. She's all good. But I don't know if I, mate, I very rarely, my, my Barney's on Twitter compared to you is like one to a hundred. Uh, uh, like you're a veteran. You just step in, you you look for trouble on there, right? Oh, and, then we should, and again, this was in the private, but I just want to let people know what we're talking about. Stephen, yeah. the boys in the man cave let me know that Stephen was involved in a, uh, a, a contretemps on, uh, on Twitter and uh, a fracker. <laughs> <laughs> as Pete, as Chippy used to call them, a brouhaha, yeah. a contretop. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and you know, someone was bagging Gladys and you're like, dude, it's just, she's one person. Just calm down. The rules are are, are being breached by idiots. And you yeah. ended up being very polite and saying, listen, okay, thanks very much. You're, I'm out. And she said, bye. So I came in and I went, well, I'll tap in. <laughs> I, I said, I said, look, goodbye. You've lost me. Goodbye. And um, and then, yeah, Trevor, it was like a tag team wrestling. Trevor came off the top rope and went, boom. Yeah. Couldn't help yourself. Had to, couldn't leave it. What was it? Should have left Should've it. Should have left it, as Ricky Gervais says. But that's the problem is people don't leave it. And, um, you know, it's all well, all well and good for you and I with thick skins. But there's just some rubbish on the internet. Now, I just don't think it's easy to take down. And I think that the billions of dollars these platforms are making should be put into, at the very least, just for now, just yeah. put more in. And I know it sounds great that they're giving money to boost stuff, but it's actually yeah. not the public stuff that matters. It's the it's the small closed groups where misinformation is actually spreading. Like if you, if you send a message out that says, oh, this is what I learned and it's good, all your mates are going to go, yeah, cool, mate, we knew that. Because they're not in those stupid groups that are whinging. They're not in the anti-vaxxer groups or the misinformation groups. That's where the problem is on Facebook. Are they, are they going to get rid of on Twitter all the chicken and corn as well? Is that part of this reporting as well? All the corn you can watch <laughs> you know, on Twitter? It's a good point. See that? You notice that it's just like, it may I, be like I haven't uh, noticed. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> when when, when um, they they like basically just kick Trump off the platform for whatever inciting people or whatever that, the reason, that yeah. it, all the porn was still there. It was, and um, that, this is the thing, right? You look at the the internet, and like Instagram has very strong rules oh, about yeah. exposure. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And there's there's none of that there, but your Twitter, it's just it's just it's everywhere. Right. It's it's horrible yeah. if you go searching for it. <laughs> just as an ex- as research for this story, did you go have a look? Did you mate? Or it, it's uh, it's it's look. I tell you what it is. People retweeting stuff. People retweet. I don't follow any of that. Okay, I know my wife's watching. I don't I don't follow any of that. But people retweet stuff, and, and you just think, no, oh, it wasn't me. I didn't. I, someone sent it. It's like the remember the old workplace excuse. I didn't. Someone, my mate, sent it to me. It wasn't my fault. Do you remember? There's been some politicians <clears throat> fall foul of this, and it may well be actually when you think about it. Let's say someone in your feed did retweet something inappropriate <clears throat> of an adult content. If you act like you know when you you're scrolling, you might accidentally hit that little heart instead of the you know delete. Ex- it's actually quite yeah. easy. Yeah, I worry about your like list, mate. The politician you're talking about is that uh, is that um, that Weiner? Is that his name, Weiner? Remember he got in trouble. No, I'm talking about the Aussie. I'm talking about the Aussie politician. The New York York senator got into trouble too. Yeah, but he was sending pictures, which no (laughs) one should be doing. (laughs) Yeah, fair call. All right. Anyway, but uh, Twitter. Good luck with this. (laughs) Yeah. So, so but good luck. All the best intentions, but the two blokes say. Good bloody luck. It's unlikely to happen. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, you know what? Cinemas are closed right now, Trev. You can't go to the movies. No. It's very hard. To, uh, you want to watch something on the big screen, you just you can't do it unless you have a decent setup at home and have a decent size screen. And we're talking uh, – we've seen that Australians are now adopting larger screen sizes. We're seeing – I think the average – would you agree the average what people are looking at now is 75-inch TVs? Would that be – I think the average aspirational number is 75, but yeah. I think the average buy is 65 without question. Yeah. But, but the, the tr- it's trending upwards. Oh, uh, mate. It's, we are big go, big or go home, I think. People have got the message with TVs. Um, and Hisense has come up with their new laser cinema uh, short throw projector. It's right. the, the next the development from last year's product. Yep. This has a 120-inch screen included. So it comes with a special yep. screen that's attached to the wall. The device itself is a short throw projector, so it's it's 35 centimetres from the wall, and it beams up this incredible 120-inch 4K image. And the unit itself, of course, has all of your inputs and like everything you'd expect from a regular TV. TV. But instead of having a physical screen, it's beamed up on the wall. So you've still got the VDAR operating system. You've still got speakers on board as well. So to give you great surround sound as well. So if you can't afford to, if you can't go to the cinema, you could have a cinema-like experience in your home. And just on this, remember last week we talked about the, frankly, radical change in pricing from Samsung on the flip and the fold. This is, this is pretty big. I'm pretty sure last year wasn't it 11 grand or more. This is nine. I've had a few discussions about this. I've been talking about this on the radio this week as well. And when I say that price, I, I say, look, it's seven triple nine. It's eight seven. Okay, eight go, grand. That's oh, awesome. They go whoa, and I say, hang on a minute. But when you think about what you're getting. If you were to buy like an 85 inch TV from Samsung, a top of the line TV, you're paying that much anyway. That one, there's the one behind me. It's 75 yeah. inches. They're top of the line. They're they're eight grand, aren't they? Seven or eight. So, the, the the price I think the price per inch if you're looking pound for pound size it's how the, everything should be quoted no there you go. yeah cheaper that's, uh, that's I think the the high sense actually comes off okay for if you're measuring it that way yeah so you think about it you get a hundred imagine trying to buy a hundred inch LED TV it costs you a hundred grand like isn't there is there an, a, an OLED is it a 90, 99 inch yeah LED there was last year wasn't LED? there. 
It's like it's a it's ridiculous. It's a hundred grand or something, isn't it, or more? Not one of those things that ever appears in the Harvey Norman catalogue. No, yeah. uh, amazingly, isn't it? Not, not awful. Well, look at the roll-up <laughs> TV. You know, the LG roll-up TV, the one we saw at CES. What is that? One hundred and thirty k. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's obviously what you're getting for Christmas. Yeah, I'm doing very doing well with very that. well. But this is, uh, I think, when you look at what you get. Uh, I think it works out pretty and well. And look, let's be completely honest here. Um, this is a great television. They call it a short-throw projector. That's the technique, That's the real term. But they call it a laser TV. But they can call it that, I think, because it does come with the screen. That's the critical thing. Yeah. That, and that screen gives you picture quality that you don't get from projecting onto a wall. Yeah. The, at 120 inches, this thing is spectacular in a, in a theatre room. And a lot of people might create a theatre room that's actually not... Like, Stephen, you're lucky. You've essentially got a double garage space on a floor plan as a theatre room. So you've got the space for the couches. And da, da, da. But some people just want to create a theatre room with maybe two chairs in it. They don't yep. have the space for a big projector hanging from the roof. Or that might actually not throw the big enough picture. This, from 30 inches from, or 30 centimetres from the wall, gives you the big yeah. screen. But I, I will say, we watched this style of television from Hisense at a very bright room in Bondi... And both agreed, you wouldn't put one in a bright room. It just, it just, it, it's good. Nowhere near great. That was about two years ago, wasn't it? That was one of the first models, but apparently it's improved. There, there is a new technology with the screen. It's got this ambient light rejection, so sort of on the screen has a different structure. Yeah, uh, it's also got increased brightness too. That helps too, like more. The lumens are a lot higher. I don't know the exact figure, but uh, the, it does. I think the result you get from what we saw that first one yep. now is is vastly different. But you're this, right. But about you would like, agree it's better for a, a, a darker bull room, so oh, a room yeah. that you can. Control. Of course, I say if you can't control the light in the room, this yeah. is this is not going to give you the experience you want. If you can control the light with blinds, um, anything like that, you, you can absolutely yeah. get a phenomenal viewing experience. And I just you, you mentioned it, but I just want to circle back on. It's a yep. television, right? It's got the Vita operating system. You can install the apps. It, 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 it's got all the normal stuff a Hisense yeah. TV has. Well, here's the thing. like I've got, In my theatre room, I've got my projectors up on the ceiling. I've got all my sources in one corner, speakers connected with cables. Yeah. That's a lot of work and a lot of money to set that up. Here's a thing in one box gives you the speakers, the sources, the actual projector, and the screen in one. So yeah. you can... It's a lot easier to set up. So if you did want to go down that path, you either go all to, all in like I have, or you can put set this system up in your home and basically get almost the same results in yeah. terms of the screen size and the whole experience. So you know, that price, people are sort of still thinking that's, that's a lot of money. That's actually very – for what you get, the experience you get, the quality yeah. you get, that's pretty reasonable. Yep, I think it's fantastic. Um, it's uh, it's the Hisense 120-inch laser TV. They call it laser cinema because that's what it is. It's yep. a cinema in your cinema. home, um, and you'll be able to find details of that at Tech Guide and EFTM. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear uh, with their Orbi range of Wi-Fi systems that will absolutely change the Wi-Fi system in your home. So a lot of people have a problem with Wi-Fi. It's, they think it's their internet, but it's actually their Wi-Fi. You've got great internet coming into the home. You've paid for good quality NBN through whichever provider. There's a little modem there. That little modem doesn't give you great internet. It doesn't actually spread the Wi-Fi all through your home. So what you get with a Netgear Orbi system, any mesh system from Netgear, especially the Wi-Fi 6 versions that have come out in the last six months, is you get future-proofing for future uh, fast devices on Wi-Fi 6. You get a dome of Wi-Fi over your entire home 
at the speed you're expecting you to get from the modem. So instead of getting 100 meg at the modem and then 20 meg at the other end of the house, you're going to get 100 meg at the other end of the house because that's what a mesh system does. The Netgear Orbi system, there's different ranges from $300 up to $1,300 depending on how much capacity you need on your network, how big your home is and just what you're doing with the internet in your home. You can check them all out at netgear.com.au. Everything about tech you never wanted to know. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. I'm a bit fascinated by this announcement from Google of the Pixel Buds A. Now, the A-series Pixel Buds are $159. Now, I know Google's got their hardware division, but this just feels like they're just jumping way into space. That I know they've always had the Buds, but this is very good headphones for $159, which actually look a little bit too much like the, uh, the more expensive version. But essentially, no wireless charging, no active noise cancelling. Um, yeah. That's what they've taken out of the existing Buds and put into a more affordable product. Now, I think that... See, this is a red-hot market. How many pairs of earphones have you received to review? Like, I I think I review, like, every two days I'm reviewing headphones and earphones. Yeah. So this is something that is people are always on the lookout for. There's people that I think they go through them. They might lose them. They they might want to buy some for their family. Their children are asking for them. And at this price, smart move by Google. Because if – if Google had them priced these at say two hundred ninety nine dollars and try to compete with those other brands, they'd lose. So at this price, smart move, making them affordable. Just like the I reviewed the Sennheiser, the uh, the CX True Wireless, they're under two hundred bucks, so, and they're Sennheiser. And that's so, that's the challenge here for everyone else in the market. We talked about JBL last week or the week before. It's actually getting to a point now where all those are going to ancillary brands, the brands that just got into this because there was factories making headphones cheaply. Um, it's much harder for them to break through now because when you've got JBL, Sennheiser, Google, I mean, it's not an audio brand, but it's a, it's a known brand. When you stand in a store or you're shopping online, you've got the option because I think like most people, when I'm looking at stuff, I, I go, my price range is this. And then you yeah. look at what's available. And honestly, why would you buy something that's a brand you've never heard of that may have been around for a few years doing headphones? But if there's a Sennheiser, a JBL or a Google in this case, Man, I just think that's, that's it's going to crush the lower end of the market in a good way, essentially. It's going to crush out the, the, the businesses that aren't true audio companies. They're just headphone companies that are buying things because they're available on, on the floor of Chinese factories. Do these have uh, advantages for Android users, I'd imagine? Yes. Don't they have those features built in? So if you're an Android user, you get sort of a slightly better experience? I, I paired these with the Samsung Galaxy Flip, and it was an Apple-like experience, right? You open it up, and the little pop-up comes down the bottom. They've literally gone, oh, that is very good what Apple's doing over there. We should probably do the same. Um, yeah. It wasn't as perfect because you had to install an app, but broadly... It's it's a very slick user experience, and um, and it, it all appears on your on your device for for pairing. It's very well done in the Android ecosystem. They will work, of course, on an iPhone, but let's be honest, Google's not Google's not seeking an iPhone user for this. They're they're seeking every other user, and that's a big market. Um, I found them. I find them to be very comfortable. I uh, there's not the on the Pixel Buds two. There's a swipe control for volume. You don't have that. You've only got kind of tap controls. But at this price point, who gives a rat's? And you got to remember too, in in a in another month or so, they're going to release the Pixel Six, so it's uh, kind of a precursor to that. Yeah. So they're not going to. So they've already released these at that price. So they're not going to release. They're not going to do a Samsung and release another more premium pair with the Pixel Six, are they? This is no, it because the the Pixel Buds Gen Two already exists, still exist, and frankly, yeah. don't need to be updated. I don't think yeah. so. 
I don't, I don't well, know if there's a need. The original, the Pixel, the recent Pixel Buds, they're pretty good. But you're right, though. There's a lot of bloody headphones. I received, I reckon, three sets of headphones this week, just looking at my review pile, going, I don't even know what this brand is. I've yeah. never even heard of it. <laughs> Everyone's making them. I don't yeah. know where they came from. And that's, yeah. you know, shout out to the people that send us stuff. You probably should include some info about the product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been a couple of, uh, a few, few packages arrived, just uh, unsolicited uh, little packages. It's Food, that's Food? fine. No, no information required. Um, uh, yes. If it's meant for my kids, it should include some dietary information so I can check if it's gluten-free. But otherwise, chocolate, mud cake, Gabri 12 breakaways, yeah. that kind of stuff, all good. Um, <laughs> That's nice. Very good. Salt and vinegar chips will do me. I'm a very simple, simple Salt take. Salt and vinegar chips? Salt and vinegar chips. I, I, it's a problem I've got. I can't watch a movie <laughs> without salt and vinegar chips. That's a problem. It's a real so, problem. So you're a genius. Trying to, we're, we're trying to stay fit and healthy. We're trying to keep the weight close to being off, not packing it on, yeah, and we've started a movie podcast, and you need to eat chips when you watch a movie. It's a reflex action. I don't think I could watch a movie without eating something. I what don't a, know. What about barbecue? Not a fan of barbecue chips? Uh, no, I'm a salt and vinegar man. Yeah, salt and vinegar chips. Yeah. What, not just plain salt? No, salt and vinegar. Oh, this is remarkable. The Smith's Chris ones too. Smith's Chris who in used the, to be um, In the maroon salt packet. Uh, they're the pink, pink packet actually. It's maroon, pink. Stephen. It's definitely maroon. All right, it's more on the pink side. I think I've eaten a bit more. I've seen a few more packets than you have, I'll, I'll bet, but it is more pink than maroon, and they used to be the South sponsor when I was playing for South. So Smith's Crisps, so I was always destined to be enjoying Smith's Crisps. I was endorsing. Are you still on a life, life, lifetime endorsement deal? I wish, mate. I wish. Normally, you've got to wait for the, the two the two for $5 deal at Coles or Woolies. How bad would that be? And what? how bad would the challenge be for you to get this call and for me from Cadbury, right? Imagine Cadbury rings tomorrow and goes, listen, we've got a great idea. Lifetime supply. <laughs> we, we're going to give you a year's supply. And I'd say, do you realise how much of them I eat? Because um, <laughs> I could smash four a day. Um, uh, and, and uh, you know, a, a big check. And all you need to do is post, uh, you know, Cadbury twirl every two weeks on social media. Like, I'm trying to lose weight, folks. What are you doing to me? <laughs> You'd do that for free, wouldn't you? <laughs> You do that anyway. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't because okay, it's, right, it's not okay. a good look when you start hey, eating chocolate and you've lost weight. People judge you. Ah, uh, okay. Well, hey, Regan? It's a good thing there's a lockdown because, yeah, I've uh, uh, there's a couple of kilos of crept back on, I think. Yeah. Well, as I said in the lockdown, private feed, lockdown kilos, yeah. I blame the lack of golf for that. So I'm going to re I'm going to rekindle the golf as of next week. Anyway, yeah, um, we di- we digress. If you want to read about uh, the Google Pixel Buds A uh, EFTM.com. Is that story on uh, techguide.com.au, Stephen? It's not, actually, no. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry about that. But it's definitely at EFTM.com. And my, my staff didn't get around to doing that for me. <laughs> okay, mate. You're an yeah. old man doing very well. Oh, come on. Well, I had to throw it in at some point. I was waiting for it, yeah. There it is. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. It's wary when I get a pitch about something. You know, you get, you know, have you, you've heard in the past, you know, where there's a, there's an app, they'll say it's the Uber of something or uh. it's Airbnb of something. And I'm always wary when they call something the Tesla of something, right? Yeah. So 
I thought, okay, I had a look. I had a look at this this pitch, and the, the guy called me, and I said, oh yeah, send me the info. And it's about an e-bike, an Aussie company. So that's kind of what hooked me in was this yep. Australian company called Tiller Rides, based in Perth, and they're releasing a new e-bike called the Roadster. Coincidentally, the name of Tesla's first car, right? And it was pitched as the Tesla of e-bikes, and I'm thinking, okay. Let's let's dig a bit deeper. That's where you and I differ, right? You know what I did at that point? <laughs> yeah, you would have hung up. Yeah, right. But I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. I think the guy pitching me knows I drive a Tesla and thought, oh, that might be a hook to get Fennec in, and, and yeah, it worked. It did. And um, and I had a look at the features, though, because, yeah, he reeled me right in. I did have a look at the features, and you look at the list there, and it's got an anti-theft system. It's got always-on front and rear LED yeah. headlights. But here's the, what makes it a Tesla-like product. It's got a built-in SIM card, so it's always connected. So you could, if you would, you could track this on your phone, just like I could track my car if it was if it was driving around. So it does offer Bluetooth. It's always yep. connected. App GPS tracking. So, so what uh, really stopped me here was it. it's it's not available yet. It's still just you know December. coming soon kind of thing. It's a I'm December thing. Yeah. I want to see it before I believe it. That's that's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, well, the design is a little bit yeah, it's a, it's a little bit futuristic. It's not too bad. This pictures on Tech Guide. Have you written about this too or no? No, I I'll write about when when it's a product you can buy. No, yeah, that's, right. that that was my only that was I, I said I've got a little it's Olympic fever a little high jump for you to kick over. Is it available <laughs> now to buy or even pre order like yeah. that you're going to get it? And okay. it's it's still coming soon for me. So when it's available and you know there'll probably be one brought over here and we can share it and write yeah. it and stuff. That's when I want to see it. I, I want to see it happen. But I think it's sort of it's also like a almost a Kickstarter situation where they they've got I think 500 bikes coming in December they've already yep. sold 200 so it is sort of a semi their website not only promotes the bikes but also it says oh click here if you want to invest in the company so it's a bit little bit of a still a very much a startup mode again type company. I just again is that just me but I just if you can't if you can't back something to the point of bringing it to market without a bunch of people going we'll take a punt as well. I yeah. just, I'm just wary of Kickstarters a lot. Like, I'm still waiting. You know, I backed a Kickstarter project last year in the height of the pandemic. It's called the mute button. And it's a USB-attached little button that sit on, you sit on your desk, and it lights up red or, or green, whether your yeah. mute is on or off. And so when you're sitting on a call, you can ah. just press it, and you know whether you're on or off. Brilliant right. idea. Yeah, right. Hello? <laughs> so Hello? How much, you, how much did you pledge? I don't remember. You do No, I would never have spent more than 50 bucks on a, on a Kickstarter. No way. They said this bloke's doing very well. We'll charge him three hundred or something. They pro- you know, they probably they probably got a call from the bloke at Grid Studio and he said, Listen, this bloke <laughs> Yeah. I've got they're on my wall here. I've got two of them here, mate. Two? I wish. And, uh, I've got only two here. I've got another five downstairs or four downstairs. I've got three I haven't put up. <laughs> For those who don't know what we're talking about, Grid Studio is a company that launched with a what was the first one they had? The iPod Touch. They said what it is, it's like an exploded version of an iPhone or an iPod or I think I've got the BlackBerry Bold. Trevor's going to get it. I've got an Apple Watch recently, so it's the f- first version. And they frame it. So you get it. It, it is Trevor showing it now. Uh, f- not, not really good for those l- watch- listening to the podcast. No, but, you know, we are live on Facebook, frame, so why not? Why it's not a give framed, it a um, exploded product. In most yeah. cases, they've gone through – how many iPhones have you got? They've gone through what? From <laughs> yeah, You've got like six of them already. Mate. You idiot. You bought, you bought all of them. I think my wife's watching. Drop off. 
<laughs> no, I've got the I've got the three GS, the four S, the five, the six, the seven, the eight, the ten. <laughs> You've got all of those. I've got a BlackBerry Bold. I've got a Nokia E seventy one. I've got the Apple Watch. I've got the Game Boy and the PSP yeah. and the iPod Touch. <laughs> so Trevor's got the set, right? Trevor's got the set. I've I've put my name down for the original iPhone. Yeah. I haven't got the original iPhone yet. I yeah. I would um, I would like to get that to the, add that to the collection. But yeah. yeah, how do we end up talking about Grid Studio again? No, no, no Kickstarter. Oh, anyone, yeah. anyone who's looking at your yeah, what amount of money you're spending at Grid Studio or on Amazon or at the service station buying Listen, your chocolate? Okay, if this is going to happen, right? <laughs> don't don't get me started, Stephen. Hey, okay, mate, I've got nothing to hide, mate. Nothing. I've got nothing to hide. What we... <laughs> mate, you know what? You, you're the one who got me started on Lego, you bludger, too. You, that's the sort of gateway drug you gave me present last year. And anyway. I am your dealer. <laughs> but yeah. I, the thing is, I only did one deal. I only gave you your first hit. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Anyway, whatever we were talking about, it's available to see <laughs> at techguide.com.au. Everything about tech you never wanted to know. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, a massive thank you to Arlo um, for their support and, and Netgear, who've been with us since the get-go. 500 episodes is a bloody lot of podcasting. Uh, we also celebrated 10 years this year. It was a bit weird because people are like, you're celebrating again. I can't help the fact that there's 52 weeks in a year, and it's worked out that after 10 years, we've got to 500 episodes. It's it's quite remarkable. We're, we're so proud of it. Um, to be still doing the show together, to still be mates, which is a big thing for me. <laughs> yeah. Record for Trev, yep. <laughs> and still be making money out of it. I mean, it, it sounds ridiculous to talk about making money, but this is something yeah. we love doing, but we have great support for, so it makes it something that we can do uh, as part of our jobs, and that's that's the best thing about it. Um, we've had so many very clear and loyal listeners over that entire time, plus a bunch of people who've only discovered it very recently, and we appreciate that. Um, it's been a wild ride, Stephen, and um, it, it is weird to be doing it remotely again because this was how the show kind of first started. We were doing it on yes. Skype. To the point where I'm frustrated at the moment because the quality is not perfect and there's a bit of delay on. It's yeah. just not perfect, but I can't wait to get back yeah. in the same room as you once the pandemic lifts. But mate, um, 500 shows, buddy. Well yeah, done. likewise, mate. It's been a pleasure. I think uh, you're right. Early days, we decided that it, we, you know, the show was good when we were doing it like this. We were on Skype and you had a but, one meg upload speed, so it wasn't this yeah, good. I know. My Optus upload speed was rubbish, my Optus broadband. But now on the NBN, I'm going okay with better upload speeds. But um, we decided early on, I think a couple of years in, that we thought yeah. that we're, we're always better together. And when, when we were traveling back then, we'd always do the shows in all, all parts of the world. We've done this show. And we, we found that our uh, the, the quality of the show was, was a lot better when we were together. Yep. And uh, it's unfortunate we're not together to, tonight to celebrate this 500th uh, episode. But – it's, uh, it's the highlight of my week, mate. I really look forward to chatting with you about our tech, having a laugh and listening to your silly jokes about how old I am and all that. So, yeah. Have, I only not mentioned it bad. once tonight, you old fart. Yeah, not, <laughs> not too bad, mate. You've been pretty easy on me tonight. But, no, it's uh, it's been – I do like the, the – the, um, the support we've had from our, you know all our regular listeners and and we were we do love interacting with them on social media even uh, uh, you know talk talking to them and, and even meeting them in person a lot of, a lot of them become our friends we, we do talk to them and you you got them on your on your man cave um, I get a lot of uh, emails and messages from them as well so we, I want to thank all all of our regular listeners for their their continuing support uh, for the show. 
It's been awesome. We're uh, we're loving doing it, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, the, here's the thing: Stephen's really old. When I get to that age, I can still be doing it, <laughs> even if he's in a nursing home. I will come to you, Stephen. All good, mate. All good. And is, is it funny how we start? We're sort of coming up to our 500th and started a brand new one last <laughs> week. So we've got episode one in the can for one, and episode 500 in the can for this one. And so, a good reminder, if you can uh, jump over onto your podcast app and subscribe to the best movies you've never seen. And at the same time, while you're in the Apple podcast app, if you could leave a rating and a review of Two Blokes Talking Tech to mark this milestone, it'd be five awesome. Stars. But five, uh, stars. five stars is all we accept. We don't five accept stars, anything yeah. less. We'll, we'll, we'll give, even read out some of the five-star reviews as well. Will we? You'll do that, will you? I'll do that if you want. Yeah. Okay, no, you do that. That's hard for you, is it? Hey? Is that too hard for you? I'll nah, do that. I'll make it. It'll I'll be okay. it you, yeah. you remind me, I'll do it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We'll be back again next week with the 501st episode of Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech.